Welcome to Product by Design with Kyle and Eva, a podcast about product management and product design, where we'll talk about subjects from product strategy to inclusive design. Every episode, we just have a good conversation about all the things that you may already know or not know, and occasionally we'll have a guest from maybe engineering or other product managers and designers to talk about all these topics. Welcome to another episode of Product by Design with Kyle and Eva. I am Kyle. Hello, and this is Eva. And today we have a special guest with us, and um, we have Alexa Burke, and she's a product manager at Chatbooks. And I am going to have her to give you a little intro about her and her work. I'm so excited to be on here. It's really exciting that you guys have this podcast to talk about product and product design. So a lot of my background has definitely been in content, content strategy, understanding user journeys and user flows. And so Eva and I actually used to work together um, at the company they're currently at. And it was a really fun time. And I've spent a lot of time working um, in the e-commerce space as well. And so right now I am actually working for, as Eva said, chapbooks. And so that's consumer-based technologies. We sell photo books and some other memory keeping products. And it's been a really great experience. I've been there for about a year now. And I work with our backend as well as a lot of our clients like Android, iOS, Um, We also have a web client we work with as well. You can create all of your family memories, whether you're on our mobile app or on our website. And a lot of my time is just spent working cross-functionally. We have what we call uh, CX teams or customer experience teams, and that includes somebody from operations as well as somebody in marketing. Um, And then we also have our engineers, myself, and then we have a product operations manager as well who helps keep everything running um, on the operations side of things. And so, yeah, we're used to working in small teams to accomplish big tasks. And we're a smaller company, which means that, you know, we can try lots of things and we like to test things as well. So we have dedicated user researchers to help us too. And it's been really fun so far, just breaking and trying things and, you know, pushing the needle as they say. (laughs) I love this. I mean, where were you in the other, you know, episodes that we were recording? I feel like already we're like jumping into it. And then there are already so many things I'm like, oh, oh, what is this? What is that? How do you guys do that? Because I mean, Kyle and I now we work together on, you know, the, we, we usually talk about, you know, oh, this happens. And immediately we kind of have an inkling of what each other's kind of referring to on the podcast, even when we're <laughs> talking about different topics. And, and now I'm like, I love having a third person coming in and kind of bringing a different, you know, angle to a lot of these things and just all, all the different uh, aspects of product management that you've talked about too. That's very interesting, but yeah. And I guess every time we kind of kick off by asking how everyone's doing, let's start there. Kyle, how are you doing? So I'm doing pretty good overall. Yeah. And it's great to have you on board, Alexa. This is exciting as our first guest, FYI. So exciting to bring a guest onto the podcast. Hopefully we'll have a bunch more as we go forward. Yeah, I echo what Eva said. Excited to talk about some of your experience, but overall, yeah, I'm doing really well. A lot better than Eva is right now, I think, who <laughs> legitimately has coronavirus at this point. Like, we've joked about it a couple times. <laughs> we've joked about it a couple times so far, but I think now it has happened for real. I don't Unfortunately. know, man. Unfortunately, the CDC did add extra 
um, symptoms to the official list too. Officially, they have added more. So oh, that can be the scope of when someone can get tested. So that's kind of interesting. Like they just found more symptoms? I think they're just calling them official symptoms. Oh, okay. But I guess. Official list of like seven, six or seven symptoms, whereas before it was like three symptoms. Ooh. I know. This might be something I look up after we finish recording and find out my, my destiny. <laughs> but yeah, I am sick today and I've been sleeping for most of the day and just trying to, I don't know, this is not the time to roll the dice. I've been feel, saying that all day today and just a tiny baby. I don't know if I want to call it a fever yet. It's like approaching a hundred and I'm like, please just, 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 just stay there. Just don't go any higher. Also, last week, somebody, somebody famous had to get their leg amputated because of COVID-related complications. And that also added another, you know, level of, oh, oh, this can happen, you know, um, besides dying. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's still the epidemic and we're still in it. And now I'm, I feel like I'm getting half a step closer to the epidemic. <laughs> Hopefully it's nothing yeah serious yeah just allergies right oh you know what yes <laughs> there are probably some elm trees around and that's what it is i'm super stuffy and you know it's been allergies so i just hope that this is just the escalated level of allergic reaction we'll see i'm glad that everyone else is healthy <laughs> <laughs> so that's good yeah so yeah, what else is happening? Anything exciting? I don't know. How about you, Alexa? Anything exciting happening? How are you doing? I mean, I'm doing great. I have just received a four-star rating on my island on Animal Crossing. <laughs> if anybody has been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, they know that it's actually a lot more annoying than you think. So of course, now the slippery slope is that getting five stars is even harder but we have traversed to the four-star rating, which is good. You know, I feel like a lot of the time my spouse and I just take our dog for walks, you know, about five times a day to keep things interesting. No, I'm just kidding. But we do. We try to get outside as much as we can. And we do just try to schedule game nights with our friends virtually, you know, try to keep things interesting as much as possible. So I wouldn't say that life is super exciting. However, we try to do to mix it up as much as we can. Yes. I did not know that you can get like ratings on your island. Oh, yes. It's quite coveted because if you get five stars, there's lots of fun things. You get like a crown and a golden watering can. So if you plant flowers, you can eventually get the elusive golden rose. Ooh. Very cool. Worth lots of money. You know, just the important things in life. Crossing <laughs> flowers, like building furniture catching fish, the huge. Interesting. Just like worth straight. real money or worth Animal Crossing money? I mean, Animal Crossing money. Okay. But it's real to your like, real. happiness. Yeah. Okay. You get street yeah. crap with that. Nowadays, like if you can post, you know, on Twitter, people respect you. Yeah. No, oh. that's that's a good point. It's very real in that way. It's like toilet paper is becoming like a fiat currency. So it's like real money <laughs> in that way. It's yes. legitimate. And become social currency yeah so yeah this is such a wild time that we live in <laughs> but i love it but yeah i feel like this is a per perfect segue uh into the the new lifestyle of working from home that we're gonna talk about today and i know working from home allows all of us to have more time on animal crossing and 
all the things that we usually <laughs> don't have time to do because we commute. And some people I know um, that work with us commute, like, I don't know how they do it, hour, hour and a half. Yeah, it, it, I, I bet they're really happy they don't have to do that in just three hours back in their, their life. So yeah, first thing that I think we're going to talk about um, is how to work from home, right, Kyle? Yeah, uh, you gave us a little bit of background on what you do and uh, some of the product management things you've done, but maybe you can kind of tell us a little bit more about your background on working from home, both in the current uh, situation that we're in, as well as, you know, what was kind of your experience working remotely before, you know, the current crisis hit? Sure. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think I've had a lot of roles where um, I haven't felt as able to necessarily work from home, although I've had some flexibility to do so. A lot of times in past, it's been better or more effective for me to be in the office with my team, particularly when I was at Clearlink, where you guys are now, just because there were so many things day to day that needed to happen that weren't happening with development. I was spending a lot of time working with marketing as well as account management, and they're often in the office and they would literally stop by my desk day to day. So yeah, depending on kind of where I've worked, I still have never necessarily taken a lot of time to work from home, but I have found, especially working at Chatbooks, since 50% of our workforce is work from home, um, it's our support team, we're very accustomed to it and we have a very flexible work schedule um, and we do work from remote offices. So all three of uh, um, all three of our offices are in different locations of Utah. And so we have one in Sugar House, which is in Salt Lake. We have another one in Lehigh, which is the Kiln office. So we rent space there. And then we have our headquarters in Provo. And so we actually have people working from all of those offices typically. And so now it's really just we're all from home instead of being in these remote offices. So I think one of the biggest changes for sure is like not having like dedicated conference rooms and having to budget my time with my spouse. And like, he has a conference call and I have a conference call and we have to negotiate. Like I get the office today because I have to be in front of, you know, our executive team and you can go be in the bedroom or whatever. So I, I think that's one key difference I've noticed too, is just in this like situation where we have to work from home. I think our teams have adapted really well to it um, because we have a naturally flexible work schedule and I am doing a lot of remote communication with my team as it is. So it hasn't been too bad that way. I think it's more just like making sure that the time I'm spending working versus the time when I'm not working to make those feel very separate and to kind of get that delineation between my work life and my home life is probably the biggest challenge and making weekends feel like the weekend. Because if you're just like inside all the time and you're in the same space all the time, it's hard to feel that like delineation happen. And so, yeah, most of the time, like I said, haven't worked a ton from home on like a consistent basis, but now I've realized I actually do enjoy working from home. Isolation is what makes things a lot more difficult, I think at this point just considering mental health and other things. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. What's been kind of the overall perspective from your company's view of work from home? You know, what's kind of the perspective going forward? One thing that's really interesting, we have a really good set of defined norms and culture ideas around chapbooks. They've spent tons of time really cultivating that. And I really respect it. We even have like a physical book um, that was distributed last year to everybody in the company about like what we do, who we are. Um, and so one of the main things that we like to talk about is eight amazing hours. 
And so that's this idea that like, no matter where and when it is, like just give us those eight amazing hours and like really give us everything during that time and then just go and live your life. And so I think for us, it's been a pretty easy transition in terms of like a culture shift because we already have that culture of like, make sure work fits in with your life. I think the biggest change that we've heard is just really taking extra time for our mental health making sure that if our eight hours aren't all consecutively eight hours, that's okay. If you need to work two hours early in the morning from like six to eight, take a break, come back to things, work late in the evening, like whatever helps you to be your best self and your best you know, team member to the rest of the people who depend on you, like that's all that really matters. And so I think for us, that's definitely been something. Another thing that has been brought up too for us is like, some of our leases are coming up and killing is month to month. So do we keep these offices? Do we change it so that people are working from home more if the Provo office isn't the closest office for you? Those are still things that like our company is trying to figure out, but are definitely on the forefront and things that we are actively talking about. Um, and are being brought to our attention. So I think that's been really, really interesting too. But I think the general consensus is like work when is most effective for you, knowing that a lot of our employees are working parents and they also are trying to homeschool their children. I personally don't have children. However, lots of my coworkers do. So that also adds to the complexity. And I'm sure lots of people um, at Clearing do have um, children at home as well during this time. So yeah, I think for us, Knowing that we are good at working from home has helped us feel comfortable, knowing that we may or may not, you know, go back to a traditional office setting, or we may add extra days dedicated to work from home. Um, and that might be our new policy, like every Wednesday, because that's our crank day, as we call it. Um, that's a dedicated work day where we avoid unnecessary meetings and we try to keep the day fully open for people. Maybe that becomes our work from home for everybody and everybody just designatedly works from home. And that could work really well for us. So those things are still in question or, and they are in play. We just don't know exactly what will happen. Interesting. No, I think that's really good. Uh, and you've touched on a lot of topics that I think are really pertinent to a lot of folks as far as like, how will we continue to deal with, you know, work from home for the foreseeable future? How does it impact, uh, you know, the things that are happening right now as far as the, the balance between, you know, what we're doing in our personal lives and our work lives and you know how do you balance that with especially with kids at home right now you know that's a big thing that i think a lot of us are dealing with uh, especially with school happening and then you know how do you find the right balance of uh, that mental space between work and everything else that's going on and then what are the long-term implications you know that's a a big question that i think everybody's looking at as far as offices, getting back to the office, what does the new normal look like? Josh, just so many interesting questions that I feel like we could kind of dive into a whole bunch. I was just kind of thinking to your point of like things that are going to be changing, things that have changed, right? So my husband, Colby, and I, we were talking about this too, is that what does it look like after we come out of this on a, you know, the, the society level of it is he, he asked me like, are we going to, you know, hand, handshake other people? you know, on a, in a professional setting, because that is going to feel a little weird, you know, for a long time to have that contact. And so, yeah, I think those are very interesting changes that we're going through. And I'm very interested in seeing what 2021 is going to look like, because that is going to look very different than 2019. Right. And also, um, 
even the idea of having a meeting right now, it's a lot easier in, in a way because I, I think when we were, at least for, for me personally, when we were back in the office, having to find meeting rooms was definitely one of the biggest challenge. And it's always like, why are people booking, you know, a giant conference room for two people having a one-on-one and those things do happen too. And now there's not that problem. It makes it very productive during the day when it's just like, okay, we all have time. Okay, let's go. Right. Also the, the proximity difference also makes it very difficult too, is when you have three people in one room together and then there's one or two people doing remote conferencing and then somehow they can't hear, you know, the three people individually in the room. But now we are at home and each of us have our dedicated headset, dedicated, you know, microphone. It actually, it's a lot easier to have a meeting that way versus, you know, some people in one room, some are not. So those are things that I'm just very curious, like for us, how that would change. And I, I know that we have been, I guess, enjoying a lot of the really, I don't know, mercy is not the right word, but um, understanding and just the, 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 it's nice to know that our CEO cares about us, you know, to make sure like, yeah, if you don't feel okay going back to the office, we're going to extend that, you know, work from home period and stuff. So I, I feel like I just have a lot of bits and pieces in my mind about this whole work from home situation. But so, yeah. And, and, and I, I almost want to ask you guys, like, what do you guys think or speculate will change when we come out of this? This is a level 100, uh, 100 question. Foresee the future. <laughs> what do you think will change? Kyle, you should you should take this one. I feel like you have something brewing. For me, I've got a long list actually that I think is going to change coming out of this. And I think it's as far as professional things, we'll stick to the professional arena for right now. <laughs> I think that we're going to see just an incredible amount of flexibility going forward. As far as where we work, how we work, I think that it will be difficult to go back to the way that things were before. You know, we've kind of been thrust into a long-term experiment that was kind of brewing for a long time. And I think that it's being proved out that remote work is a very viable option for a lot of different professions and in a lot of different professionals. And I think that that is going to have long-term implications and the level of flexibility, I think, across a lot of different disciplines and a lot of different professions is going to be really moved forward years, if not decades. And I think that that's a good thing uh, because it's going to, I think, move forward the way that people work and, and probably move forward the technology that we see. So you know, I think that you know we probably won't see as many people going back to the office uh, and that's going to just have ripple effects in, you know, in meetings in real estate, in education, in consumer behavior, and, and just kind of down the chain uh, as we go, um, you know, how how all of that starts to work and, and you know, kind of inter- social interactions and things like that. Um, you know, will we go back to movie theaters in the way that we have, or will there be kind of a permanent shift to, you know, consuming things at home? I think that to some extent, you know, we'll be excited to get back to some things, but in a lot of ways, I think that there will be kind of a hybridization of some of the things that we've been doing. So like the social interactions that we've been seeing at home will continue to some extent. And while we will get back to some of these larger social gatherings in some way, I think that we will continue to see just a move to more online at home as well. And that will have kind of a, a longer term effect that as we kind of as the pendulum has swung really hard 
for a, a time in one way, you know, we'll move back, but it's going to not be kind of a full swing back and we're going to have some sort of settling in. It's going to be interesting over the next little bit. I totally agree. I think one thing that's been interesting is I think we, in some ways I've taken for granted just those like day-to-day human interactions with even my coworkers or friends. Um, it's pretty funny because one of our friends had a, a COVID birthday. A lot of people have had a COVID birthday so far and he particularly doesn't love his birthday. It's kind of a situation where we thought he might have kind of a lonely day because he lives alone. So we didn't want him to feel like he wasn't important. So Eva and our friend group, we got together, we made a little you know, caravan of cars and you know, we like said happy birthday. We drove around the block and played some music just to make a little parade of it. And afterward, I didn't realize that I would feel so sad to leave that small procession of friends and come home and look at my spouse and go like, what the heck? Like, I miss people. I didn't realize how much I missed people until I saw some people I really care about in person and realized like, we can't interact in the same way. We can't hug. We can't like do the typical things we would, but we still were able to like create a great experience for somebody that we love. And that was really special. And I've noticed over time too, just this interaction on the computer or through like Zoom or these other like, you know, conferencing technologies has been really interesting as well. And I find I use them even more than I did before with people that I don't see a lot and who live out of state. And so that's been kind of an interesting shift I've noticed in myself because I don't get that same like social interaction day to day from my coworkers. I find that I need it even more from my friends and my family and people important to me outside of those like places. And so I seek that more than I'm used to. So that's been kind of an interesting shift I've noticed in myself. Yeah, I definitely agree. And something that will probably continue a shift. And I've seen that as well. And we've seen it just keeping in better touch, something that would have never happened like with out-of-state friends and family that didn't contact nearly as often and is happening so much more and will happen so much more than it was before. So it's been really, really interesting. Yeah, and even us using Zoom, I kind of feel like, I mean, as we know, Zoom is blowing up right now. And and, and the <laughs> I feel like their development just like got, you know, 10 times quicker or something happened because in the past month, I feel like to facilitate all these new changes that has happened and are happening, um, I've seen like four or five different features that popped up in the last like month or so versus the last whole year that I've been using it. And it was like, oh, you know, maybe small changes here and there. I can't even name anything that happened in Zoom last year. But this month, it's like, now I can do a thumbs up. Now I can collab with an emoji and now I can block people out. And there's just so much happening, even in, you know, the, the product management world that I think is very interesting. And same with like Grubhub, where you can now specify to leave it at the door. Where do you want to leave it? And all these little changes that are happening um, to accommodate with, you know, just the epidemic happening. It's... Kind of, kind of interesting to see and then uh, for us I'm sure every time when you see that change happens you're like oh um the product manager this and this and this and then just kind of see how just, just you know what happened in that behind the curtains in that black box so I, I thought that 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 is something that's been interesting um that that I'm seeing too on that note I, I kind of want to uh, bring it closer to to kind of the product management side of things that I'm curious uh, what you guys think of this too and Alexa um for you I know you're uh, pretty involved with user testing and a lot of that sort of um, interactions also you mentioned you have meetings with um 
executives, a lot of stakeholders and stuff. How are those interactions uh, changed? Sure. I think this is probably universal to a lot of people working from home right now. And I'm curious what you guys think about it. But I've noticed it's really interesting when you have these larger meetings on Zoom, how you give a presentation and maybe you share like some really amazing findings or you have a really exciting thing that you want to share. And then there's just like silence. <laughs> and then people are like clapping through the video, but there's like no sound. I think that's been kind of an interesting <laughs> change I've noticed just with like workplace etiquette as well. Like people put themselves on mute a lot. And then you're just kind of like, oh yeah, I, it's a little awkward at times, like presenting or sharing ideas or brainstorming can be uncomfortable too. Like when you're doing like cross-functional brainstorming um, and stuff like that. So those are definitely like some interesting changes I've seen, but I've also thought like from a product management perspective, okay, what can we do to make brainstorm sessions the most effective they can be given that people are kind of all in very different situations at home on like, what can we do to like try to avoid like awkwardness, but keep things productive. And so, you know, sometimes that means like you give your team, for example, like some kind of a prompt. So like our team is taking on a brand new product this quarter and all of our objectives and the key results we're using to measure those are all new to us. So I was like, okay, the first thing our team should do is try and go through this product flow, create the product and purchase it, and then just share the feedback. Because I've noticed that just taking in everybody's feedback in that fashion has been a lot better and a lot more successful than like, hey guys, let's brainstorm this one feature to death and like come prepared with some ideas. Like that can be really hard. And so finding creative ways to get the same results or at least have like an avenue to start from rather than trying to just like brainstorm from nothing has been something that we've like changed and adapted as we've been trying to work together. And I was curious, like how you guys have been working together, um, especially cause Pal, you're the head of product. You have a lot of different teams that need you probably. Like, I'd be so curious to know how that's been going for you guys. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Everybody's been adapting to it in different ways on our side. That's probably similar across the board. So I'll turn it back around to you in just a second to hear kind of what some of the, the other teams at Chatbooks have been doing and maybe some of the tools as well. Some of the teams across our organization have been, I think, adapting in a few different ways and you know, using some different tools. Obviously, you know, some of the primary tools that I think everybody's been using. So Zoom and Slack. I'm I've been a big fan of things like Lucid for things like story mapping and uh, just getting like brainstorming out there. So for, for different sessions to just kind of get ideas up on the board, we've had some pretty successful like story mapping and brainstorming sessions using that as kind of like a whiteboard slash uh, notepad slash uh, place for everybody to kind of put sticky notes up. So everybody kind of slapping sticky notes up and, and, brainstorming in that way. That's been really interesting to see kind of bringing everybody together in an online session. I think this is kind of one where across the board, I don't think there's a great answer as far as like a product goes. Uh, I see this crop up just periodically, like how can we do better at, you know, bringing everybody together real time, whiteboarding, sticky note type session. And I don't think there's like a perfect answer out there yet. So anybody who 
has something that they've tried that works successfully, like hit us up. I've seen a whole bunch of different things and seen different products and I've tried a whole bunch of them as well. I think that one kind of depends on the team and, and two depends on what the specific needs are. And so getting everybody engaged in you know whatever way works best for kind of that particular group, uh, whether that means mics on, cameras on, uh, talking through, or uh, you know getting something like a lucid chart up where everybody can kind of put sticky notes up and you know write out ideas and and put them up real time so we can kind of talk about them as we go. Or, you know, I've had success in the past too where, and we've been doing this in uh, some strategy-like sessions where uh, we've been submitting ideas beforehand and then kind of talking through them. So we'll go through and everybody will kind of uh, submit some different ideas before to a facilitator and then we'll aggregate everything and then we'll go through, have everything kind of prepared a little bit before and then talk through them. So everything... Uh, is a little bit prepared before, and then we're, we kind of are able to go through a little bit faster uh, and talk through some of the different ideas and, and things. Uh, so those are a few of the different things that we've been been doing and using from surveys to different tools. Any other thoughts to add to that, Eva? Things that you guys have been using from the design side? Um, on my side, it's been fairly easy just because uh, right now the design side, we only have me and you know Jordan, so we have member of two. So, so far we've just been very good at, um, um, pinging each other and, and, and it's a lot easier to feel like you can reach out when the, you know, the size is smaller. So we haven't been able, uh, we haven't had that. We haven't had that need to go and say, let's do an lose chart or anything. And, um, we most mostly, uh, actually we have used, um, the, 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 what is that feature called? Oh, the video chat feature in Slack, um, where you can draw kind of a whiteboard where I can share a screen on there and, and, and the other person can kind of doodle and draw and point out exactly where, which is a feature that I'm looking forward to getting in, in Zoom. I'm sure it's happening at some point, but um, so that to me has been very helpful, but that's about it. Yeah. They do have a whiteboard in Zoom. They, what? Yeah. You can share your screen and do a whiteboard. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I swear every episode, Kyle will say something and I'm like, what? You can order grocery online at Costco? <laughs> <laughs> or like just random, random things that I don't know. Where have I been? Okay. I definitely uh, will look into this. Yeah. Since this is definitely something I, I can use. Yeah. Miro is another tool they've used. It, it's very similar to like a shared whiteboard. It has some drawbacks, but it's another good one if anybody's use that and there's another there's a host of other like shared whiteboarding and shared tools like that that are good but there's no there's no like perfect solution for everybody being in the same room around a whiteboard yet i expect that there's something like that coming very soon given where we're at right now and i expect there are people working on it and there will be a, a quite a few products that are coming that mirror sitting around a whiteboard and everybody has a marker and you can be drawing and pointing stuff out and they're in the works right now. Now that you put it this way too, I do remember Envision has a uh, freehand and I'm not sure if you guys have used it and it's basically a whiteboard that, you know, does what, what you just mentioned. And I haven't opened that up for about, I don't know, a year, six months. And I'm sure they have done a lot of improvement. It was kind of confusing at one point I, 
used it, but you couldn't tell who drew what, which was kind of like, Ugh, is it intentional? Do I want you know this to be all anonymous? <laughs> but yeah, good to hear that Zoom has that feature. But I wish it was more visible so that I don't have it you know on record that I didn't know about this, right? You built something, you know, make sure you users know about it. <laughs> Sorry, Zoom. I love you. But... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I'll turn, I'll turn it around to you, Alexa. What are some of the tools that your teams or your team or your teams are using to bridge some of the gaps right now? I feel like one of the best things that we do because we have these dedicated smaller teams and they're all working on different stuff very quickly, testing stuff constantly. One thing we use is Slack, of course, but we also use Notion in tandem with that. Notion is great because it's kind of a way for us to document and kind of organize everything. So every team has their own Notion section. Within those Notions, you have these drop-down sections that have you know, all of the studies that have been done from a user research perspective. Any A-B tests that are currently running across the whole company are all localized in Notion, and you can see the status of them. Um, how many participants there were, you know, was it a 50-50 split, was it an ABC test, like all of those details and also like which version won and then you can reference any of those and you can filter it and organize it based on like what team you're on or if you want to see other teams. So that's been one thing that's really good because there is so much going on and we've typically been able to share those things more readily in person. Now that stuff is all getting localized into a digital space. So that has helped us a lot. Um, and we always post everything in Slack. We have a channel dedicated that's called User Insights. That's where all of those things live typically. So um, that helps us kind of keep visibility on that. We obviously use um, software like Validately and other things like that to conduct studies. Um, and that's an easy way for us to go in and like review stuff. If I haven't had a chance to actually sit in on some user testing, I can review those recordings if I want to and find those really helpful. Um, I've just noticed in general, like we've had way more meetings just because they're smaller meetings and shorter meetings, but just more meetings on the books because we do need to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation sometimes that can't just be handled um, in Slack. Um, so yeah, so I feel like we've probably used much of the same um, technology. I don't know that we've necessarily adopted any new technologies or any like exciting technology per se to help us out, but we do use Figma for all of our designs and prototyping and that helps us to also get feedback as well. Like if I want to share some designs over with the marketing manager, I can do that really easily through Figma and she can leave comments, we can make adjustments and then we can implement. So that's just a way for us to do all of the things we want to do, including like manage our library and make sure all of our components are up to date, et cetera, while still like looping in all the proper channels. And it's easy enough that people don't get like uh, confused and anybody can kind of jump in there really readily and uh, leave feedback. So I think, yeah, we don't necessarily have anything like super groundbreaking per se, but we do use a lot of different technology just to help us like be aware of each other and what we're all working on a lot of the time. Nice. I think that's really interesting that I guess it hasn't changed anything dramatically, but that has kind of continued some of the processes and maybe emphasized some of them as you've moved into some of the changes that have have happened because of the shift to remote over the last little bit. I guess it kind of speaks to some of the preparedness that that you guys have had being ready to to shift to remote, which I think is really good as as a company. You know, we had been talking about being really remote friendly and and had been especially as a product organization shifting a lot of our practices to 
to something like that for a time so that we could be a lot more prepared. And so I think that we had been much more prepared for, I think, than we otherwise would have been. And I think fortunately as a company, we're able to shift a lot of our practices pretty rapidly in a lot of ways, but not necessarily everywhere, which I think was definitely the case kind of across the board. It's been interesting to see like what what organizations have been able to shift and what haven't. And I think you kind of touched on an interesting point, like what are the technologies that are going to be kind of massively adopted going forward and what aren't? Like, are there going to be things that we kind of shift to and are there going to be things that we don't necessarily change at all? Like, are, are we going to just kind of continue using the technologies that we that we have just more so or are there going to be things that really shift as we move forward into kind of a new environment. So I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to see and watch going forward. I just want to point out this too, is that when um, Alexa, you mentioned that there's not like a lot of new exciting technology that you guys needed to, you know, start using the second you move to remote. I think to me, that sounds like a really good sign, right? Because that means that you guys have always been, you know, remote ready. And, and now there's so many changes in your personal life and not having that, drastic change in your, you know, workflow and having all the tools ready to go from what you were doing before now, just having, you know, that at home, I, I, I do kind of feel like, oh, okay, that sounds like um, a good luxury that I personally also relate to, you know, we're still doing Confluence, we're still doing Zoom, Slack, all, all these things. And yeah, so I also want to mention that um, in, in the future, I kind of wonder if we would also consolidate our, you know, physical space in the office too. And I might have mentioned this in previous times, um, in, in previous episodes that my friend works at, um, American Express and they basically share desks with another person. So they have like a morning shift and the afternoon shift and depending on, you know, who you pair up with and hopefully you get someone you like and you just end up using the same desk and they basically, you know, double the size of the people who can. Um, use that same space, which is very interesting. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this question. Is this the new normal? What do you think? I feel like this is close to the new normal. And I would say if we restrict it just to work and not to like anything outside of this, you know, designated work from home, like order stuff, I would say this is pretty close. And like I've kind of mentioned, our company didn't really have to adapt too much. I work out of our Salt Lake office so three days a week, I was already doing this because none of my team is in the office with me. I have some other folks that are on other teams that work in Salt Lake, but we're a pretty small group and a majority of them were in marketing. So like my day-to-day -day interactions with them are more on a social level. But when it came to work, like it was me Zoom calling. Like we even do like our refinement meetings where we go over our backlog and we check our roadmap and we make sure everybody has what they need to you know, be successful for the next week. All of those things are happening remotely as it is. We actually aren't even having that meeting in person um, as it is because of scheduling. So we were like, okay, that's our Tuesday meeting when all of us are in different offices and that's fine. So I, I kind of feel like this is pretty normal. And I think from an overhead perspective, a lot of companies would save tons in overhead and tons in just like lease and everything else. Like that makes a huge difference. Um, and allows them to spend more on benefits and on things that actually help employees. And so I could see that a lot of companies see that as a cost savings because right now we're not using those buildings and that is a huge cost. So what is that trade-off for them? And I could see that 
really adjusting for sure. Um, my husband's workplace also experienced some damage from the earthquakes from a few weeks ago. So there is a lot of cause. You're right. And, and, and I think I share a lot of the sentiments that you just uh, mentioned, like work-wise. Yeah. I, I, I think more remote time would be really helpful as far as like, you know, productivity goes. And, um, since now we are really a lot more ready than let's say like even five years ago, can you imagine having this epidemic like five years ago where we, I don't think we were as ready as we are now in 2020 to have all the tools ready to go. Um, I think as a society, we definitely got pushed into this, <laughs> but I think it, it helps to realize kind of what Alexa, you just said too, is that the overhead, there's a lot we can save and put it into the employee's pocket, um, which hopefully goes into our pockets. Right. But, <laughs> and, and I, I think those are definitely things that I want to, yeah, like this is good new normal, but not in the personal life where we can't see each other <laughs> and on, you know, on that side. Um, so yeah. In a, in a way, yeah, I hope that this becomes the new normal. And I also think that we, I think a lot of companies are already doing this too, just extending the talent pool of where you can hire. If your whole company is already somewhat remote, um, it's a lot less scary to hire someone, let's say in Illinois, when we're in um, Utah. I think that would be very interesting too. That's a really good point. We've definitely seen that on our end because right now we are not hiring. However, we're very busy. And so we've actually opted as some people have been taking um, parental leave at our company who are really crucial members of the team, particularly in design. We've actually brought on some people remotely to help us out for web and also like just in design in general, UX design, et cetera. And that's been really important and crucial. And I think it's even more comfortable for us to do it because of the current situation. I think that's a really great point. Um, I do want to add that um, <laughs> everything is great except for doing presentation, kind of going back to what Alexa said, like the presentation is really the only one thing that's been really hard because you just don't get that like in room, you know, energy or interaction to kind of help you as a presenter to feel like, okay, we're good. Everyone's listening. And now, I mean, I, I feel like I've done that too, where there's some meetings I have to get something done and I have to, you know, work in the background where in-person meeting, you can't really do that. Um, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a good thing because there are meetings that maybe don't require your 100% attention and your time is better spent, you know, doing what you need to do. But I think that's kind of a personal balance or personal choice. <laughs> so yeah. Kyle, what do you think? I think that we're, like you said, professionally for, especially for product and technology pretty close to what a new normal is going to look like going forward. That it's, you know, going to be a much more flexible environment going forward, especially for those roles and jobs that traditionally just don't necessarily need to be in an office in order to be accomplished. So, you know, I think that it's been a slow moving train uh, for a long time that this is kind of just pushed rapidly down the tracks and an experiment that has hopefully been proving successful for a lot of companies and that once we've been in it for months and months uh it's going to be hard to put that uh, that genie back in the bottle i'm using a whole bunch of metaphors right now so <laughs> but I, I i think it's good and i've been you know i've worked at a lot of companies that 
have been, you know, very, very remote friendly. And I think that it's good for, you know, to push, to push this forward for a lot of people, I think has a lot of benefits kind of like we've been talking about, and it's going to have a lot of ripple effects that will be good and bad in a lot of, a lot of ways. I think, uh, overall positive, but will have a lot of implications that you just have to, we as a society at large, will have to kind of grapple with over the, the next little while. Um, but I think generally are going to be beneficial. So I think it's going to be an exciting time once we get through kind of the difficulties of the pandemic part of it, which obviously are very, very difficult and obviously part of dealing with it and a really difficult part of dealing with it. Any other questions you had, Eva? Not so much question, but um, a visual that I want to share with you when, when I guess you and I both mentioned like, oh, we kind of got pushed into this new practice. Um, I just remember how people talk about teaching your kids how to swim. You just toss them into the pool. If they swim, they swim. (laughs) It definitely feels a little bit that way. And um, that kind of led to another point that I want to investigate a little bit, maybe in the next 30 seconds. So is that, you know, how a lot of bigger companies that have the capability to build a gym, build, you know, a yogurt shop, a smoothie shop in their building, it's kind of like Google campus have all these things to kind of the idea is to keep the employees there as long as they can, right? And then you can do a massage and then go back to work, right? And take a nap, go back to work. And now would the idea be, is it more helpful for the employee to be able to, you know, if I do have to work longer to do that at home rather than you putting the money into building your nap pods, you know, at the Google campus. So I'm kind of interested to see if there will come this wave of companies that are just all of a sudden being super remote friendly for the same goal, you know, but, it, you know, opposite um, on the other side of the spectrum to, to keep you working. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of a, a, the same idea to do with just, facilities and buildings in general, like how useful will those be? How necessary will those be? Um, For a lot of people, not super necessary probably. And, you know, being able to have everybody work from home, not just like corporate employees, for example, but having like all departments or all people that work for your given company be able to do that. It really kind of does mean that the perks would change, I would think. On-site massages, like smoothie Mondays, all those kinds of things that are really cool are not really going to help us right now and probably like won't be as helpful or useful going forward if we do shift away from in-office life. Or like Grubhub that to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though? That is really funny you say that. Our company actually is cool, and um, every Monday and Thursday, we have um, lunch together as a company. And when we're in office in Provo, we spend about $15 a head and they just have decided to give us the money they would typically spend on our lunches um, onto a Divi card. So Divi is, you know, a way for all of your employees to have a card and the funds can get automatically applied to your card. So it's a company card, but it's a little bit more controlled and the budget can be really tiny. And so they give us, you know, $60, every two weeks and we can spend it on local businesses to order from local places. So they're like, don't buy any chains. If you have any chains, like don't go to McDonald's, go to a local business and like buy your lunch there. Um, but it's really cool because we're not missing out on that perk, but they've been able to make it like accessible to everyone. And for people who didn't have a physical Divi card, 
they actually mailed them to us, which was cool. I forgot to pick mine up and then COVID happened and we were all working from home and I was like, oh no. They're like, no worries, just mail it to you. So they mailed me a card Beautiful. and it's great. So yeah, so I think it's just getting creative and shifting and thinking like, what would really benefit our employees, but also make it still like conducive to working from home is really nice. And it was cool because those monies are still being, you know, used to help prop up the local economy. And that's really helpful too. And it makes me feel good that, you know, our company needs to do something about that. Wow. That's beautiful. I'm glad that we can end on this high note because I, I loved this message. Let's take care of each other and keep, keep everyone working from home as long as we need to, right? Yeah, and shout out to Divi, another local company too. Yeah, they are. It's actually a really cool company. Yeah. Yay, Utah. <laughs> Sweet. Alexa, I think I could hear Suki. Was it Suki, your puppy banging no. on the door? A neighbor no. dog. We live in a duplex <laughs> and we share a backyard and he likes to come over and harass my dog by scratching on the back door. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, I was just like, oh, Suki knows that it's time. It's time to wrap up. <laughs> That's very abrupt. I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Kyle, do you have anything to add? No. Sweet. I guess this is it. And I guess I want to give a shout out to, I don't know. Can you give a shout out to a person that is in the episode? <laughs> to Alexa. Um, just want to say thank you so much for being here and, and, um, I just love a very super design-minded product manager <laughs> for obvious reasons. And so, yeah, thank you for spending time with us. And do you have any um, anything you want to plug? Any Twitter? Anything? Oh, no. I, you guys don't want to follow me on any social platforms. It's all good. But I'm really glad that you guys had me on. It was super fun. And it's so nice to virtually meet Kyle. Um, so I'm excited to continue to listen to the podcast. It's been really fun to listen to so far. Um, so thanks for having me. Thank you, Alexa. Yeah, it was great. All right. And I guess we have something to plug, right? We have a new Twitter. I saw that. <laughs> right? Yeah, we've got Twitter and we've been tweeting. So follow us. Prod by design. And Kyle's Twitter is, wait, hold on. I think I remember that now. It's Kyle Larry Evans. Yeah. Right. Or is that Kyle L? Kyle Larry, Larry Evans. Yep. All right. Follow Kyle and follow me at Yen Chow Chow. And See you guys next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more about us and our podcast on our website at productbydesign.co. You can also follow us on Twitter at prodbydesign. That's at prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans, and you can also find Eva on Twitter at Yan Chow Chow. See you next time.